The Horrors of War. Boris Romachenko saw a lot of it. Too much, in fact. Last week, the 96-year-old Holocaust survivor was killed in Ukraine. A Russian artillery shell hit his apartment building in the eastern city of Kharkiv. Born in 1926, Romanchenko survived several different Nazi labor and concentration camps as a teen. His attempt to escape the first camp in Dortmund was unsuccessful. Later in life, he became vice president of the Buchenwald-Dora International Committee, bravely facing his past and documenting German war crimes. But then Russian artillery hit and started a quick burning fire. More war crimes, more deaths. Evil, war, and killing civilians, these things surface again and again in our fallen world. Why? Sometimes we don't have good answers to the hard questions, but we do know the good King of Kings who rules over all, and he will return one day to set everything right. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Welcome to Haven Today here on Thursday. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're in a series today called Are You Ready? In a moment, we're going to Eastern Europe to meet up with a man who is running into a war zone. He's putting his life at risk to save other lives. He's a former Old Order Amish member who found grace in Jesus Christ in Pennsylvania. He heard his King Jesus call him to help, and he went. The story you're about to hear is nothing less than astonishing. But we watched these men say the last goodbyes to their wives and children while the bombs are falling about a mile away and we get, we get to watch this day after day and it's actually something that we need to continually process that's daniel in the lion's den so to speak we're not using his real last name to keep him safe stay with me and be blessed by this man's story all week we've been talking about ukraine and we've been talking about the second coming on this series are you ready if you're like me and you're praying for the soon return of the Lord, let me suggest the final book of the Bible, the revelation of Jesus Christ, word for word, with a full orchestra underneath. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything he saw, that is, the word of God, and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. The revelation of Jesus Christ. What we need now is God's word speaking into our hearts at a time like this, and the revelation, which comes on two CDs, will do that. Don't take my word for it. Just head over to haventoday.org and take a listen. That's haventoday.org. If you already have it from us, give it to a friend who needs to hear God's Word, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Our phone number is 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. And very quickly, we're still raising money to be sent directly to Mission Eurasia, who is feeding Ukrainian refugees with both bread and the bread of life. Ask about that when you call, or read more about that when you visit us online. And now, let's get the program started with Jordan Feliz 
with Mandisa and Jonathan Taylor. Jesus is coming back, opening this haven today in a program called Are You Ready? I'm Charles Morris. Some go to war to kill. Others go to save lives. I want you to meet a young man named Daniel. Not the Daniel from the Bible, but a modern-day Daniel. He was raised Old Order Amish in Pennsylvania, but he found grace when he met Jesus. I would call him nothing less than a hero, working to rescue refugees and facing figurative lions. But like the ancient Daniel, 
He knows the Lord is with him on his mission. Our executive producer, Troy Lamberth, caught up with him when he was in Hungary and getting ready to return back into Ukraine. Daniel, welcome to Haven Today. You're currently in Hungary, but you have been in Ukraine. What exactly are you doing there? How are you helping people right now? So number one, we believe that as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, we're called to go. We're, we're called to go where it's safe and where it's not safe. This happens to be not safe, but we believe the, call, the command to go is still there. So we are currently uh, doing evacuations out of the cities that are under Russian attack. We're taking loads of food in, unloading the food, unloading people up and taking people out. We take them into Poland. We're operating in eastern Ukraine, southern Ukraine, northern Ukraine, all across, all across the country. Wow. And as you go in, what are you seeing? What are you hearing? How are these people dealing with this? Well, it's a traumatic situation. The hardest thing that our team has to deal with is watching the families say their last goodbyes. We, brought, we pulled several loads of, several van loads of people out of the city. That's under a heavy Russian attack. Probably will be overrun before too long unless God does a miracle. But we watched these men say the last goodbyes to their wives and children while the bombs are falling about a mile away. And we, we get to watch this day after day. And it's actually something that we need to continually process. But we watch these guys say the last goodbyes, watch us drive away and turn around and go join the fight, knowing that, that they're not allowed to leave the city and probably will never be allowed to leave the city unless Russia gives them asylum or something. And so these families are with you. You guys are ministering to them physically, but you're also sharing the gospel with them as well. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, the one thing that we're very intentional with doing is praying with people. These, these women and children are traumatized. They're scared. They're dealing with the reality of never seeing their husbands and fathers again. Doesn't mean it will be a reality. There's a high chance of that for, for many of them. So it is, it is a, an opportunity to just drop in there with God, deposit something, and send them on their way. And we're doing that through handshake, a hug, speaking into their lives, a time of prayer with them, ministering to them, stuff like that. Tell us a little bit about how it actually works. You guys are going in. You've got your vans. You're saying, hey, we can give you safety. Are you being shot at? Are you seeing the Russian army? No, we have not met up with the Russians any time, which is good. Uh, probably one of our bigger challenges has been once we're up close to where the fighting is happening, the checkpoint guards get really jumpy. Several times we've had teams that were almost shot by the Ukrainians simply because of stuff that happened that they were really jumpy and their fingers were on the trigger. Thankfully, nothing ever happened, but there was two or three times where it came really close to, to stuff going down. But so far, it has been good. The Ukrainian military has been great to work with. The checkpoints appreciate what we do, so they've been nice to work with overall. And, and you were saying to me uh, earlier that they even will say, hey, don't go into this area. It, that's where the Russians are at. Yes, we have learned to depend on them. If they say we can move forward, that means it's safe until the next checkpoint. If they say you're not going any further, we know it's not safe to go further. So we, we have learned to rely on the guys at the checkpoints. They do a good job of taking care of us. Can you share a story of a family uh, or a group of people that you came in contact with and what they're facing and how you guys have been able to minister to them? Sure, I would love to do that. So one evening we had a family come out of the train station beside us that came into our base. This was not one we had picked up, but one that local pastor brought in. And we immediately recognized there's something off with this family. They were absolutely traumatized and shell-shocked. They could barely even function. There was a mother and six five or six children. The oldest was a boy who was 18 years old. 
we knew something drastically had gone wrong somewhere. So several days later, we sat down with them and we asked them what happened. And they just dumped and dumped and dumped. They came from a Russian-occupied village where the Russians were forcing the women and children in basements and then dropping bombs in these basements and killing everybody. So they were running from village to village trying to stay ahead of the Russians. And they said, the question that we had to deal with for days is when will it be our turn? They came out of that situation and fell apart. We had them on our base for about a week, which is about five or six days longer than most people. But they needed space to decompress, to sleep, to eat good food and just relax. So we spent some time with them. They went to several church services with us and we sent them on their way into Poland about two or three days ago. They were definitely a whole lot more level than they had been. They were still quite traumatized. So that was one one family that we did work with. And you send them off in the name of Jesus that, that he would watch over them. Absolutely. They told us that all their family members were killed in the war. Then nobody left. We just can't comprehend that here in North America, and yet it's, it's happening right now. Now tell me, you're there with your family. They're going to be joining you actually in Ukraine very soon. This is not the first time you've been with your wife in a war zone, is it? It is not. We lived in Iraq for two and a half years. Our youngest daughter was born in northwestern Iraq. So we are comfortable in this setting. Uh, we're familiar with, with, with the war zone setting, and they are flying into Hungary tomorrow evening, and we're traveling into Ukraine on Friday, and we're going to be there for the next season together. Now, you say you're not afraid, and we appreciate that, but how does the Lord minister to you in these times? How do you find hope and comfort as you run into the war zone? The thing that anchors me is why am I here? The why that I'm here is because of Jesus Christ, what he did for me, and my belief he wants to do that for others, and he needs a channel through people to do so. I am willing to be that channel. So if I'm facing discouragement, challenging times, which happens sometimes, I go back to why I'm here, I connect with that again, and I simply step forward and keep going. Daniel, we'd like to know, give us a couple of ways that we can be praying for you, even as you you face these hardships. Wisdom, direction, and discernment for our team is huge. reason that is, is because we're making decisions on if we should send our people in or not, knowing the chances are higher they will not return alive than alive. And we have prayed into those decisions and actually sent people on in situations like that. So we believe that we can do that as long as we stay connected to God. That is very, very crucial. We stay connected to Him and listen to His voice each step of the way. Our protocol, our our danger protocol, has to do with God's next step versus a rigid, here's where you stop and here's where you uh, push forward. Daniel, in the lion's den of Ukraine, thank you for your time with us here in Haven today. You're welcome. It was an honor. Thank you. It took us a few days to reach Daniel, but I'm finally glad that we could catch up with him as he's there on the front line helping save lives and not just take lives. This is Haven Today and a program series, Are You Ready? So far this week, we've thought about what Jesus, Paul, and James had to think about the end times. Well, today, we'll be thinking about the end times according to the Apostle Peter. I so appreciate Peter, but it isn't for a very flattering reason. No, I love Peter because he proves that there is hope for people like me and maybe you. He could be a real mess at times, couldn't he? Yet Jesus showed him grace. God was merciful to Peter, just like he is to all who call upon his name. And that is what gives us hope 
even in these last days. Listen to what this fisherman-turned-apostle said at the beginning of his first letter. Your inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Now think about some of these things with me, what we just heard from Peter. Our inheritance. Do you know what that is? It's Jesus and everything he has earned for his people. Blessings from God that you and I can't even imagine, and we'll get it fully at the end. Oh, we have some of it now. We do have Jesus. We have salvation. We have the Holy Spirit. But when Christ returns and turns this old fallen creation into the new heavens and the new earth, well, that's when things start getting really good. No more pain, crying, or death. In their place, we'll receive all of our inheritance and we'll have it all the time. That's what Peter wants to remind us. That's what's coming to us, even though we're still waiting for it in the meantime. But you know, God shields us while we wait. I grew up in Oklahoma, and one thing Oklahoma does really well is have storms. Wind, lightning, hail, tornadoes. When the sky turns green and the temperature drops, you need shelter. You need something to shield you from dangerous weather. And there are a few things more comforting or cozy than being tucked away in a basement or a storm cellar. Well, that's what Christians have in God. We're tucked away. We're safe. Oh, we may suffer. The cares and concerns of this broken world still swirl around us, but none of them can snatch us out of our Father's hand, and none of them can take away our inheritance. And that's why we have confidence to wait for Christ's second coming. When all the wrongs are set right and all the broken things finally fixed, Ukraine is suffering now. The Russians are invading. People are dying. Evil seems to abound everywhere, and there may not be a good answer in this life that will stop it. We have no guarantees about that. But one thing we can know is that when Christ comes back, war will be conquered death will be over. And that's what keeps us going, even in times of suffering. And that's why Peter could go on. Starting in verse 13, he tells us, therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Now, why should we be holy? Because God is holy. And this holy God of ours sent Christ to live, die, and rise again for us. And when did this happen? Well, according to verse 20, Jesus was revealed in these last times for our sake. These are the last times. And they've been the last times since Peter wrote that letter. 
But like we've said several times this week, once Jesus came, everything changed. And when Jesus returns, when he comes again, everything will change for the last and final time. The good things will be better. The bad things will be finally over forever. Things like the suffering in Ukraine and the evil of Putin's invasion will be no more. There won't be another pandemic either. In fact, there won't even be another sniffle for all eternity, not even a common cold. But like we spoke about yesterday, we can be impatient when we wait for this. Peter knew that. He even wrote about it in his second letter. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is waiting with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. He isn't waiting around without a plan, letting the world get worse and worse. No, not at all. Instead, our Lord is delaying the judgment for now. And why? So that more people will repent of their sins and believe in Christ as their Savior. But soon that chance will be over. The window will be closed. The day of the Lord will come like a thief, unexpectedly. So between Christ's first and his second comings, one question rises above the others. I've been asking it all week, and I'm going to ask you again. Are you ready? Even so, Lord Jesus, come. Father, Son.
He's from the Canadian prairies. His name is Steve Bell. Even so, Lord Jesus, come here on this haven today. And I'm Charles Morris. Are you ready? You heard Daniel earlier in the program. There are so many in and around Ukraine who need our help today. We've partnered with Mission Eurasia. On the ground in Ukraine, Poland, other countries, handing out bread and also serving up the bread of life. Every $50 you send beats a family of five for a week. How many families is the Lord calling you to help? So please pray boldly now, but give boldly now. Our number is 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or go to our website, haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And remember, not a dime for Haven. We don't take out any handling fees. What you give to Ukraine goes to Ukraine. We will clearly ask, how much for Ukraine? How much for Haven today? And just mentioning again, the revelation of Jesus Christ, a double CD set we have for your gift to the ministry, a word-for-word recitation of the final book in the Bible that's accompanied by the London Symphony Orchestra. It's powerful and will fill you with hope that Jesus is coming again soon. Ask about it when you call or listen to samples when you visit us online at haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again together we'll share the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. There's something incredibly beautiful about watching a child open a gift you know that they'll love, right? The anticipation in their heart and yours of the joy they are about to experience, it's thrilling. Imagine our Heavenly Father's anticipation. All of creation, Romans 8 tells us, groans in anticipation desperately waiting until we receive our inheritance. Imagine the joy on the Lord's face as His children open the gift of Christ and receive His eternal blessings. It's the kind of joy that can sustain a soul forever, and it will. We rejoice when our souls are freed from bondage by His grace. We shout for joy, but Jesus is waiting, even praying for us, to rejoice over us for eternity. Read God's Word daily. Visit GetAnchor.com.